So today, we will enter into a time of reading, reflecting, and responding with the Scripture, and you get to receive. And I encourage you at the end of the Scripture reading, when we take a a very short moment of silence, to think about what stuck out to you in the reading, what it is the Spirit may be speaking to you through the reading, and then we'll offer a question, a very short reflection for you to wrestle with, and then we'll offer a song to further take us into all that the Word has to offer. So enjoy and receive, and are you all ready? During the rule of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was a descendant of Aaron. They were both righteous before God, blameless in their observance of all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to become pregnant. They both were very old. One day, Zechariah was serving as a priest before God because his priestly division was on duty. Following the customs of priestly service, he was chosen by lottery to go into the Lord's sanctuary and burn incense. All the people who gathered to worship were praying outside during this hour of incense offering. An angel from the Lord appeared to him Standing to the right of the altar of incense, when Zechariah saw the angel, he was startled and overcome with fear. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will give birth to your son, and you must name him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many people will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the Lord's eyes. He must not drink wine and liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will bring many Israelites back to the Lord, their God. He will go forth before the Lord equipped with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and he will turn the disobedient to righteous patterns of thinking. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure of this? My wife and I are very old. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in God's presence. I was sent to speak to you and bring this good news to you. Know this, what I have spoken will come true at the proper time. Because you don't believe, you will remain silent, unable to speak until the day when these things happen. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they wondered why he was in the sanctuary for such a long time. When he came out, he was unable to speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple. For he gestured to them and couldn't speak. When he completed the days of his priestly service, he returned home. Afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. She kept to herself for five months saying, 
this is the Lord's doing. He has shown us his favor to me by removing my disgrace among other people. priest in God's holy temple, selected to be one of the very few to enter into the incense room, witnesses the presence of God's angel and still doubts. Not enough room in his own understanding to receive the good news offered. We serve a God of faithfulness and of patience. And although he was no longer allowed to speak for the duration of the proper time, God still fulfilled what was promised. The high priest in God's holy temple didn't leave room. We know that Zechariah believed because not so long thereafter, they became pregnant. And I wonder what he thought about in his priestly service days as he waited to go home to share the good news in whatever way he could beyond words. What he thought about during the months that lie ahead of him before he could speak once again. The high priest in God's holy temple, the religious elite, didn't have room. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph and a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. She was confused by this, these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her.
can, uh, can reveal quite a bit. I'm sure Zachariah spent many years praying to have a child, to have a son. Many years. And many years passed. And then he received the good news. Whereas this young girl, I doubt had ever prayed, may I birth the Savior. Yet, she receives the good news, and her response is, let it be as you have said. Where the priest and God's holy temple had little room, the young girl, 13, 14, who was dealing with mysteries far beyond her understanding, had all the room needed. Do we make room for the good news God brings to us? Do we rely on our rationale? Do we give up on God for the things that we've been praying for? Or do we maintain an innocence, an openness, a willingness, like that of a teenage girl, who where the priest wavered, she stood firm. Mary got up and hurried to the city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do you have this honor, that the mother of my the Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard her, your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. One of my favorite things about the Gospel of Luke is it, it highlights the absurdity. The holy and blessed absurdity, I know. I wanted to get your eyebrows a little furled there. It's absurd. We find the opening of the Gospel in the temple with the high priest, and yet the very temple which is supposed to house the presence of God is not enough for faith to dwell, for room to be made. Instead, and in their culture, which is much different than ours, Women, who are not even credible witnesses in court, they are the ones who proclaim the truth. They are the ones that actually house the temple where the very presence of God exists through the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ and flesh and blood. The temple becomes a womb. These two pregnant women become the heralds to proclaim the truth. And where Zechariah was silenced, Mary's words and Elizabeth's greeting and the Magnificat are preserved forever in our scripture. We read the words of the teenage girl and we hear nothing from the priest. Luke is highlighting the absurdity because with God nothing is impossible. And we accept that. Can we make room for the things in our lives that God may be birthing within us that seem absurd. In those days, 
Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax list. This first enrollment occurred when Cronorius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. Heaven's fairest child, conceived by the union of divine grace with our disgrace. Sleep well, sleep well. Bask in the coolness of this night bright with diamonds. Sleep well for the heat of anger simmers nearby. Enjoy the silence of the crib for the noise of confusion rumbles in your future. Savor the sweet safety of my arms, for a day is soon coming when I cannot protect you. <laughs> Rest well, tiny hands, for though you belong to a king, you will touch no satin, own no gold. You will grasp no pen, guide no brush. No, your tiny hands are reserved for, for works more precious to touch a leper's open wound, to wipe a widow's weary tear, to claw the ground at Gethsemane. Your hands, so tiny and so white, clutched tonight in an infant's fist. They aren't destined to hold a scepter nor away from a palace balcony. They are reserved instead for a Roman spike that will staple them to a Roman cross. Sleep deeply, tiny eyes. Sleep while you can, for soon the blurriness will clear and you will see the mess we have made of our world. You will see our nakedness before we cannot hide. You will see our selfishness, but we cannot give. You will see our pain, for we cannot heal. Oh, eyes that will see hell's darkest pit and witness her ugly prince. Sleep, please, sleep, sleep while you can. Lie still, tiny mouth. Lie still from which eternity will speak. Tiny tongue that will soon summon the dead, that will define grace, that will silence our foolishness. Rosebud lips, upon which ride a star-born kiss of forgiveness to those who believe you and of death to those who deny you. Lie still. And tiny feet cupped in the palm of my hand, rest, 
for many difficult steps lie ahead for you. Do you taste the dust of the trails you will travel? Do you feel the cold seawater upon which you will walk? Do you wrench at the invasion of the nail you will bear? Do you fear the steep descent down the spiral staircase into Satan's domain? Rest, tiny feet. Rest today so that tomorrow you might walk with power. Rest, for millions will follow in your steps. And little heart, holy heart, pumping the blood of life through the universe, how many times will we break you? You'll be torn by the thorns of accusations. You'll be ravaged by the cancer of our sin. You'll be crushed under the weight of your own sorrow. And you'll be pierced by the spear of rejection. Yet, in that piercing, in that ultimate ripping of muscle and membrane, in that final rush of blood and water, you will find rest. Your hands will be freed. Your eyes will see justice. Your lips will smile. And your feet will carry you home. And there you'll rest again this time in the arms of your father. Mary, the symbol of acceptance, of faith, of strength. We find again and again she, she faced, I would say, terrible situations. First, her betrothed did not believe her. Parents, not, who could? Would you? Then she goes to Bethlehem with Joseph, the place where his family is from, the place where there are probably lots of houses that contain his relatives, and yet when they go, no one welcomes them in. The word that's translated in is more aptly translated guest room. No one would welcome them in and provide a place for them to stay in the place where their family was from. A woman about to give birth and no one would welcome her in. And we wonder why. What well, would you? A pregnant, unmarried, young teenager operating outside of the rules where humanity said there is no room. It was a cave with some sheep, a stable. Creation itself made room. And we would go on to read that it was the lowly, the shepherds, who received the news and acted upon it. It were people that were not from the land that came to offer their gifts. We tell this story because the Christ is waiting to be rebirthed in all of us all the time. Our faith is not about what we said years ago or yesterday. Our faith is about what we say today. Do we say yes? Will we make room? Will we operate outside of our own expectation? Will we have the faith of Zechariah the priest? Or will we have the faith of Mary? We walk into the Christmas story tomorrow, and I invite you to consider where you're at in the story. If you'll make room. If you will offer welcome to all that the Christ will bring. 
let us pray together. Let us pray together as sisters and brothers. Let us pray for all that your soul is now telling you, that stirred you up, calling you in a direction. Maybe you've been feeling that urge for a while to do something, to go somewhere, to say something to someone. Whatever it is you feel your soul pulling you towards, let us pray that we let go and we receive the Christ that seeks to be born within. Pray with me now. Almighty God, I thank you that you receive us, that you come in the midst of our darkness and our violence, that you came that cold night so long ago to come and be the most vulnerable, to be in the lowliest of place, birthed to servants, to lowly people, in a town that was not known for its greatness, amongst a people who had known oppression and injustice most of their lives, that your angels came to be a source of peace to those who found peace hard to come by. You come to us now. We tell this story, Lord, because we need reminded. We need reminded of the truth. We live in a world where peace is hard to come by where violence comes in the form of tsunamis, of fire. It comes in the form of earthquake. It comes in the form of violence. It comes in the form of division and hatred and arguing. It comes in the form of family turning each other away for a difference of beliefs or thoughts or practices. Lord, we are hurting. The very church that you founded fights each other. We need Jesus. We need to quiet our hearts that we will receive the most amazing message ever that often comes in the most unexpected and seemingly humblest way. Lord, quiet our hearts. We carry so much. We carry so much worry about family, about disease and death, about jobs, about cancers. We are broken as we see depression and suicide. And we see addiction that we send young people off to war that come back not the same. Lord, we're all naming names in our hearts now. You hear them even if we don't name them. You already know because we carry them with us. And I ask that you be with us and you hear our prayers that come in the form of tears, that come in the form of joyous praise. Bring your healing and your restoration. Come to us once more. Be birthed within us. You choose us. You choose your church to be the source of your power and presence in this broken world. Revive our spirits as we prepare the way for you, as we seek to welcome your arrival. Help us to let go of whatever it is that's been holding us back 
that has been distracting us, that has been whispering things in our ears about how unworthy we are. You make us worthy. You make us worthy when we simply offer ourselves. Lord, there is no greater place to be than in your presence, in your truth and grace. And I ask that you help us take another step toward you into deeper relationship with you at this time. That you assure us in the midst of all that's going on that you are in control, that your hope does not waver, that you are faithful even when we are not, that the birth of Jesus came behind us and it stands before us. And as we await the coming again, we receive the presence within, here and now. Lord, we relinquish. And we trust in you and in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen.